Smartcast. With the Baker's Plus Card, it's easy to get lower than low prices for the win. Earn fuel points on every purchase and save up to a dollar a gallon at the pump. The Baker's Plus Card. All you do is win. Big, big savings. Sign up now at bakersplus.com and start saving. Bakers, fresh for everyone. Savings may vary by state. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your favorites with the buy five or more, save a dollar each sale. Simply buy five or more participating items and save a dollar each with your card. Bakers, fresh for everyone. Hello, and welcome to the Social Psychic Radio Show, featuring Jason Zook. In uncertain times, we must change our focus and priorities. This show will highlight social justice issues with the goal of expanding minds and increasing unity, love, and mutual respect for ourselves and our planet. We support the Black Lives Matter movement. Our show aspires to promote social spirituality, which simply means that by coming together, we can solve any of our problems, including the goal of bringing an end to all forms of hate, discrimination, bias, or oppression. We must protect our environment, reform our criminal justice system, and protect every citizen from police brutality. When we come together, it becomes possible to bridge the gaps that plague our society and divide us from within. We the people means everyone. Hello and welcome to the Social Psychic Radio Show. This is Jason Zook. It's a great pleasure that we present special guest Todd Boczkowski to the show today. He's a child survivor of domestic violence and homicide. His father murdered his mother, got away with it, and then four years later, murdered his stepmother. His father would be convicted of killing both of them. Todd has been featured in a handful of crime shows, such as Forensic Files and others. He served in the military for over 14 years, including two combat tours in Iraq and Afghanistan. Since the military, Todd has become a best-selling author, a motivational speaker, and an entrepreneur. His new book, My Twin Angels, Turning Tragedy into Triumph, is coming out soon, and it relates to the tragic murder of his mother and stepmother, as well as the personal growth that he has gained turning his own tragedy into triumph. It's a great pleasure that I welcome Todd to the show. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Thank you so much for coming on today, Todd. I appreciate you sharing your message. And uh, my first question I want to ask you is, your life has been tragic from the start, the early part of your childhood. I want to ask you, what were you able to find within your own personal spirituality that helped give you strength to be where you are today? Uh, great question. Um, I think, you know, it, it, it really kind of started in my teenage years. Um, you know, it, it took me a long time to unravel a lot from my childhood. Um, you know, to be clear, I, up until I was in my early 20s, um, I did not believe that my father killed my mother and my stepmother. Um, uh, regardless of, you know, the media attention that was on it, um, I sat through the my father's uh, second murder trial. I sat through the entire thing, um, and you know, I just it was more of disbelief. Um, and as time went on, and I got older, and after I joined the military, I was able to be by myself. Did I, you know, start to unravel that? But even you know, 
in my teenage years, growing up, my last few years of high school, you know, I, I started to grapple with, um, you know, spirituality. I started to pick up on things. Um, and I just, I, I always, one thing that stuck with me was I always truly believed that I went through all of the things that I did for a reason. There, there's a reason why there, there has got to be a reason why all of these things have happened, why I was dealt the cards in this game of life um, that I was dealt. And I just always had this belief that um, perhaps someday I would be able to make sense of that. And so I, I had that belief you know, at that young age, while still kind of coming into my own. Um, but, you know, I also had to grow up very quickly as well. So that's where that started from. And in terms of growing up very quickly, what I want to ask you as a follow-up from that is, how did you find your, your inner voice? How did you find your, 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 you know, your grounding when you didn't have that growing up as a child? Did you have someone else in the family step in and help raise you and give you that positive mentoring kind of dynamic or loving relationship that, that was able to put you where you were? Um, I mean, I was lucky and fortunate to have um, positive influences in, in my life. Um, you know, I, I ended up in the foster care program um, in the foster care system. Luckily, I was um, able to stick with my siblings. I have an older brother and an older sister. Um, we were able to stay together instead of being broken apart. Um, and that was huge. That's, that's humongous. And so I'm, I'm sure that that had a lot to do with it. Um, looking up to my siblings, um, you know, kind of like the, you know, understanding that all three of us went through something extremely, um, extremely difficult, um, something that's not normal. Um, and, and that's filled with, with trauma. Um, and then there's, there's other positive influences, you know, relatives, um, and, you know, even my foster family that helped raise me, um, who kind of, I guess, reinforced that, uh, positive path or, or reinforced me to stay on a positive path, um, you know, I've, I've always, I even brought this up in, um, in therapy uh, a few times, but I was always somewhat generally aware of, because of the um, outside forces that I've been exposed to, I was generally aware of how negative influences can influence me in a bad way. So, um, you know, Actually, to this day, I've never touched a drug in my entire life. Um, even as marijuana starts to get legalized, sure. I've, I've never even tried it, experienced it. So um, I, I just always stayed away from, from those things um, because I generally knew, like, look, I, I knew that that could only make it worse for me. You know, one of the things I went through with the pandemic was learning to forgive, let go. Um, I had no relationship with my own father. He was heavily into drugs and abusive of my mom. And we had to leave when I was like four months old to live with my grandparents. That's how I grew up. And so I never had a relationship 
with him. And when he passed away eight years ago, I'm a medium. So I have spirits that, you know, my loved ones come to me in dreams. And one of the things my dad did was continuously come to me in a dream. And I feel, I call them visitation dreams and I would not forgive him. I just couldn't let go of the past. You know, the stuff he wasn't there for me for or the things he put me through or the negativity and pain he caused me in my life. And I finally got through the pandemic and I learned to let go. And I did my own series of like exercises within myself over a series of time during the pandemic and let go of and forgave my dad for what he did. And he did a lot of horrible things. He didn't kill anyone, but he did a lot of very bad things. So my question to you is, and in the theme of letting go, have you felt that you've been able to let go of that negativity to forgive your father and to look at it from a different perspective or how have you arrived at where you're at right now with it? Um, great question. Um, I, I get that question every every once in a while, but um, I have been able to, to let go of, of that in terms of what you're saying. Um, I have forgiven um, my father. Um, that was actually my last correspondence with him, which was a few years ago. I haven't had a relation, a relationship with him um, since 2007. Um, and a few years ago, I actually sat down and I, I wrote out uh, a pretty lengthy uh, letter. Um, and, and I knew that that was going to be my last correspondence with him for, you know, the remainder of my life. And um and I, I just wanted to get everything off my chest. It was my opportunity. Um, and I said exactly what I wanted to say. Um, you know, obviously a lot of them weren't nice, but that was me venting. And then towards the end, you know, I was just like, look, I, I do forgive you. I, I, I feel sorry for you. Um, you know, I, I'm sorry if you felt that this was the only way that you felt that you had. Um, and, you know, I've forgiven him for, you know, everything. Um, and I, I ended it pretty much the way that I wanted to end it. Um, you know, and I said, look, you know, um, in the next life, if we should meet, you know, we can start a new chapter, you know, but that's, that's not, that's not up to me. Um, you know, that's between you and a higher power. That's, that's not me. Um, but yes, for me, I, I feel like, um, I, I can't, I'm not willing to have anything with him. Um, and that was another thing that I learned with forgiveness. Forgiveness is for me and I'm not required to have any kind of conditions or any kinds of requirements, um, on that forgiveness. I can forgive him in my heart. That doesn't mean that, you know, I, I am required to speak to him, um, have a relationship with him in any shape or form. Um, and I really like that. And I feel like because I was able to do that, um, I, I acknowledged that I was holding on to resentment. I was holding on to um, anger, um, blame, um, you know, all of those negative types of emotions I was holding on to. Um, and that's ultimately what I wanted to free myself of was that. And, and I realized that that was part of the forgiveness path and why I needed to do that. So, and I'm, and I'm very glad that I did it. And, you know, it, it's only going to make me better moving forward. 
I feel like when you're able to do that, even on some scale, it lightens your, your burdens that you carry within yourself. And it's, it's a form of healing in certain, in certain. It does. And I think that because of that, that's another reason why I feel like I can now talk and speak about my story in ways that I haven't been able to do in years, in years past, um, because I've been able to do that and I'm able to look at it, speak at it and speak on it from a completely different perspective. You know, you're a veteran. Let's talk about that for a minute. Cause that's a, that's an important, such an honor that you've done that. And I thank you for your service. And can you share with us about your, your service? Tell our audience what you uh, did in your, you know, yeah, in your thank afternoon. you very much. Um, I joined the air force, uh, straight out of high school. Um, I actually joined at 17. Um, but uh, by the time I went to boot camp, I was 18. Uh, but I joined the Air Force. I was a military police. And um, yeah, I did 10 years active. And then I did another four years in the Air National Guard. Um, and that was part of, you know, I think as I look back, um, I think part of me on a subconscious level, I was also somewhat running away from my life. Um, you know, I can honestly say that for the majority of my life, all I've ever wanted was to have a normal life, to feel normal, to be around normal kids. I, I envied um, the high school kids that had the, the typical um, family background, both parents, you know, I, I envy that. And most of my friends, they had that. Um, and, you know, the military, it, it, it called to me because it, it, it made me see something that, you know what, like, it's, it's different. Um, and, and when you show up to boot camp, it doesn't matter who you are. Um, you're just another number. You, it's in, you're, you're now on an even playing field. It doesn't matter about your, your age, your race, your gender. You got a blank even, slate. Right. Even now, sexual orientation. Yeah. Everybody's starting the same. So, and you prove yourself based on merit. So you right. work hard and you climb the ranks. So you, you gain. So I could see where that would be a good environment for you to feel for yourself. Right. And, you, and, you, you know, I, I only allowed the people who actually. I wanted to tell about my story. I, I wasn't in an environment where, you know, um, I felt like some kind of shame. I feel like that was part of it too. Um, but I also wanted that, that structure too. I, I felt like I, I wanted and even needed it. I felt like uh, looking back, it's, um, it helped keep me on that straight and narrow path. Um, and you know, I, I kept myself out of trouble. I wasn't in the college dorms and, you know, and, and all the craziness. I don't even know what a co regular college experience is like because I've never done it. So, um, but no, it, it kept me out of trouble. It kept me out of that ne those negative influences that I talked about. Um, and it kept me on that straight and narrow path. Um, and then it also helped me... Um, figure things out for, for my own self too. You know, being a military police, I went through law enforcement training and being in the military, it was the first time that I was completely by myself from outside influences. Things started to not make sense to me. 
my heart was torn on one end. My father couldn't have done this. It's my father. But on the other end, you know, it just, it, it didn't make sense. So I was wrestling with that. So um, those are some of the things that I had to deal with uh, my first few years being in the military. And then, uh, yeah, I got deployed to Iraq in 2006. Ironically, I actually worked at uh, an Iraqi prison camp. Um, and so there, there's a lot of uh, crossover there because, you know, my father's in prison at that point. And just a lot, I was still figuring things out. And after I got back from Iraq, I, I wanted to visit my father. And, um, you know, at that point, I kind of gave him like an ultimatum. I, 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 was, I was old enough and I, I, I wanted answers. I didn't really get the answers that I hoped for, didn't get the answers that I wanted, but I eventually got the answers, some of them anyway. And what type of answers is it that you'd received if you if if you are open to sharing now? I'm just curious. Yeah, I I learned that I actually was physically present um, when my mom was killed, my biological mom. So <clears throat> I actually witnessed my mother's murder. Um, so that was one of the things, and and that actually came up in one of the trials. I had actually heard that. But I, I didn't remember it. And actually, to this day, I still don't remember it. Um, I don't have those memories. And so it's difficult to attach emotions when you don't remember. And, um, but, you know, just hearing it from, from him that I was actually there, you know, it, it put a lot of perspective on me. Um, and, you know, I just, I felt betrayed. I felt a lot of things. Um, and that was in 2007. That was, that was when I kind of like broke contact with him. And then, um, yeah, my kind of getting back to my military career. Um, in 2011, I was deployed to Afghanistan. And um, it was in Afghanistan where I kind of had like this... Um, a very spiritual experience um, where I ended up, I ended up being in a position where I thought that I was wrestling with a would-be suicide bomber. Um, it didn't end up being that, but in the moment, that's what my mind was. And, you know, my survival instincts were fully, fully activated. Um, and, Whenever I got back from Afghanistan, you know, I, I definitely started to kind of experience some after effects to it. Um, and I kind of felt shameful because of that um, for, for some kind of reason. Um, you know, there's a lot of bravado in the military, um, a lot of like machoism. Um, and, you know, sometimes you just, you're afraid to kind of speak your truth and, um, but as time went on, I slowly started to realize that, you know, my PTSD symptoms are actually getting a lot worse. And um, as I got out of the military and I started to shift out of the military kind of world, um, you know, those symptoms would only grow. Um, and 
it would be a few years until I was actually diagnosed with PTSD. And I believe that part of the reason why my symptoms got worse was because in Afghanistan during that whole situation, I had a full out of body experience um, and I had a visitation from my mother and my stepmother. And um, which, you know, is why when we talk about like, you know, um, my book, um, I do have a book that's coming out in uh, November. Uh, hopefully should be November, December timeframe, but um, it's titled My Two Angels. And that's actually the part of that is, is, you know, my two angels have literally been, you know, watching over me my whole life. Um, so that's, um, that's pretty much kind of sums up my military experience, I guess. Wow. <laughs> There's a lot to unpackage there. I took some notes. <laughs> No, but I have to tell you the utmost respect, everything you're sharing today. I mean, I know it takes courage to come on a podcast and share your personal story. And I know you're used to doing it, but still, I got to appreciate that you're doing what you're doing because you're talking about all these various complex issues mm -hmm. and you're helping people in the audience who have some dysfunction in their own families, right? Maybe not to the scale or to the degree of what was caused by your dad, but it shows your resiliency to me. And that's what I respect about you is that you're talking about these various things you've gone through, including a, a major spiritual visitation experience, I believe. And yeah. that shapes how you look at the world through your eyes. Yes. Right now. It's a paradigm shift. It's yeah. a spiritual awakening. And it likely made you more empathic than you realize and probably opened you up to a lot of intuitive it, it, things. It absolutely did. Because when you go through these experiences, that's what happens. It absolutely did. Um, you know, <laughs> I mean... As soon as I got back from Afghanistan, I, 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 I was absolutely sure that I wanted to leave the military. Um, you know, I, like I said, being a military cop, I was on my unit SWAT team. I've been in, I, I've been trained in like, you know, SWAT tactics and, you know, basically all the stuff that you see on Call of Duty and all these <laughs> video games, right? Like that was my life. And when I came back from Afghanistan, I, to be honest, I didn't want it anymore. You know, I started to back away from it. Um, and I, I just, I saw, I saw so much more out of life that I wanted. And, you know, the military wasn't it. That was a major shift. Um, and, and, you know, kind of talking about spiritual and, and being more spiritual and, and, and being an empath, you know, oh yeah, that's, that's got me written all over it. But it would take me years to fully realize that that's actually what happened. And, you know- It opened and, you up. Right, and, and to, you know, again, to be able to speak your truth and, you know, having an out-of-body experience. I mean, you're now talking about things that, you know, it, it plays with your mind. <laughs> it, um, you're like, did this actually happen to me? Like, you know- I'll, I'll give you an example, if, if this is how it feels to you. One minute, you're, for me, I had this, multiple experiences of my grandfather and, and grandmother path, but most of my grandfather. One minute I'm in a garden that's like 80,000 K, like all vivid, everything you could think of spiritual. And then the next minute I'm in 7-Eleven picking up a soda. It's like, how do you go from one reality to the next that that quickly? But then you realize the spirituality is part of nature. It's part of who we are, right? It's nothing mystical. Like when you get it in, when you watch the Wither of Oz, and they all, you know, <laughs> never, never land with her. You know, it's not like that. It's, um, 
it's just part of the transitional stage of where we exist on multiple dimensional planes, but we're aware of three. That's how I understand it. So yeah. if I'm a little more in tune, you as well, though, because I can feel that in your energy that you're very open uh, energetically and spiritually. And I think that that is part of your redemption in terms of your new book. And I also think it's part of your major life theme that you're going to portray from here on out into the future that you're going to talk about healing modalities for people who suffer in the military or PTSD or have problems with depression or anxiety or any type of various multitudes of things that you could help people understand just from your own spiritual awakening and your own experiences. Yeah, I, I agree with you a thousand percent. And I think that's that's what ultimately led to me, you know, writing my book and getting out of the military. I dabbled in things and you know, I quickly realized that uh, I couldn't necessarily function in a in a regular job, um, and so you know, I was really just trying all different things to you know survive and you know um, being self-employed and um, consulting and and things of that nature. And you know, I I just realized you know I had kind of like this awakening where you know I was I was screwing around with marketing and sales. And don't get me wrong, I actually do enjoy that. But, you know, after a period of time, I, I kind of like had this self-reflection period and I'm just like, what the hell am I doing? And hey, I, you're doing the right thing right now. Yeah. Yeah. Being on a podcast, telling your story and talking about your spirituality <laughs> Absolutely. is exactly what you're supposed to be doing full time. Exactly. Exactly. So now you got to transition to do that. That, that, right? that was the, um, that was the self-reflection that I had. And I was just like, you know, I, I have this amazing story to tell. Um, and yes, there, there's, you know, um, a lot of deep and heavy things and traumatic things, but, you know, I'm still here and, you know, I'm I can still see you in a podcast. I'm not only here, but, you know, I'm, I'm in good spirits and, you know, and I have a positive outlook on, on life and, you know, and I'm very driven and ambitious and there's just so much that can be learned and so much that I want to do with my message, you know, so that's what I should be doing. And, and you hit it right on the head. That's exactly what I want to do. Have you thought about doing podcasting? Cause I could see that in your future. I could see you with a YouTube channel or a podcasting thing where you bring other people on and have amazing things. I, do. About. I already have, um, I can see that already, already do well with brand it. name. I already have a brand name picked out. So. Well, you've got, you're, you're going to have success with it. Cause I, I get visual things <laughs> sometimes and premonitions and I see you behind the microphone with a little placard with your name and some type of spiritual type concept or, or, you know, whatever it is you come up with, uh, it's going to be an interesting show. I'll be definitely tuning in and listening. <laughs> and if you ever want to promote it, I'll be happy to share it here. But I can see you. I, I just think that would just make sense. Cause then with a show, I mean, there's so many possibilities and, and I think, you know, people are going to find you intriguing. What I wanted to do today is talk to you more of the person of you and your experience of course your book. I like that we can have this kind of dialogue on the show here because Talking a spiritual experience is such a, a, a unique thing and very few people really grasp it, I think. I think when you try to share something that's spiritual with somebody who doesn't get it, it's crappy because you know they don't get it and it kind of goes right over their head. And then you're like, okay, so I went to 7-Eleven and got a soda. Then that takes their attention away from the one part that they didn't oh, I've been there. So you get it. Yeah, yeah, I figured that. Part of what it is too for you is I feel like once you go out more with your podcast and the other things you're going to do with these other books, you're going to have more of a community for yourself because you're going to find that you're more of a, you're, you're like the type of guest that comes on my show, a notable person who's spiritual, 
who's overcome some tremendous odds to make something of themselves and now has a story to share with others to inspire. So you're a change maker. You're, you're a thought provoker, change maker, thought leader, future I'm thought. I mean, I'm, I'm already learning things and, and I'm a big believer in synchronicity and signs and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Just, just, this week, just this week, I got one of those. I was contacted, somebody with the uh, Supreme Court, Pennsylvania Supreme Court, and, you know, messaged me on Facebook, right? And Facebook? Like, Come yeah, on. Yeah, yeah. So I'm like, oh, dear Lord, what did I do? And I'm starting to back <laughs> things in my head. I'm like, okay, I, what, what did I do? I'm like, I can't be in trouble. <laughs> so, <laughs> Not Facebook jail. <laughs> right, right. So I'm like, okay. So, and then she didn't want to tell me over messenger. So finally call her up. And apparently one of the judges who was involved in me and my siblings story, like he was actually the one that made the decision to keep my siblings together. Um, He's actually the Supreme Court, Chief Supreme Court Justice of Pennsylvania. And apparently he's going to be retiring soon, but he spent the past nearly 20 years of his life changing how child welfare in the state of Pennsylvania operates. Um, And he actually created an entire division um, based on that um, with all different kinds of policies and whatnot. And it all stems from me and my siblings case. He said that there was these three, three kids, you know, horrible situation but they stuck together. They advocated for themselves to stick together. So to hear that, I pretty much, without even knowing, I inspired impacted. someone to write, in, inspired and impacted. Massive ripples. Right. Massive right. ripple effects. No idea. I was completely. That's the good coming from the bad, right? I love yeah. the focus on the good that comes from the bad. Absolutely. That's, one, that's only one part. Because yeah. I'll say this, the dependency system, I, as a law student, I was a guardian litem here in Florida for a year. So I volunteered and represented the Eisenhower's of court and all that we have down here. And I can tell you that the dependency system needs a lot of awareness and it needs a lot of support from our regular society because it, most of the children in the dependency don't get adopted. A lot of them are floating from foster home to foster home. I think you had a, you had your experience with that yourself, it sounds like, too. you got adopted, but you were at least with your siblings, which is massive. And, and the fact that you have a Supreme Court judge that's indicated to you that the law changes was because of your experience in front of them as a lower court yeah. judge. Yeah, so she, she actually Very contacted touching. me because she wanted um, to know if I would be interested in uh, surprising him at uh, his, I guess, like retirement. Yeah, yeah, this, yeah that's, that's, that, that's coming up then. That's just this week. <laughs> No, 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 no. It's it's like sometime next year, but no, but I mean that's such, such a great. That's a positive synchronicity for you because that's yeah. like, I, yeah. that's wow, that's powerful. I had a synchronicity with this interview today. I was prepping for the interview and I, and I was looking up and I was thinking about something and it was four, four, four. So I look at those those subtle cues and signs. But I want to ask you. Let's let's get a little more into your book. I know you you just indicated the spiritual experience of it. Have you had residual spiritual experiences such as visitation dreams? with your mom or stepmom or anyone else that's been crossed over? Not so much. I, I've had some weird dreams and even before that, but I associated it actually to being in Iraq. When I was in Iraq, I had some really messed up dreams, but could have been, you know, Iraq could have been the medication that they make you take. But, you know, after my Afghanistan deployment, I, 
I don't believe I have had, you know, visitations like that. Okay. The visitation that you did have, what did you find to be the most mind-blowing aspect of it? If that's a, what's, what was the most touching moment from that visitation that really imparted on you uh, the significance of it? I, I think the feeling, I, I try to describe it and no matter- It never create justice for it. No, it doesn't. You know, just the only thing that can come to mind is the whole peace, tranquility, and, and kind of like free kind of feeling. But again, it just, it does not give it justice. I guess the mind blowing part is how could I be in a situation that is scary, yet it's so beautiful as well. And it's one of those paradigms uh, of life something so scary so tragic etc can also be beautiful a beautiful experience and, and so and and that's and that's what i try to hold on to too you know and i have my struggles and you know i have scars and and i think that that's another aspect of of the residual of that experience was it opened up Pandora's box of all of these traumatic wounds. So I think part of why I, I, I started to back away from the military was I, I have an, an issue with being controlled, particularly with people in positions of power and authority. You know, that's another, um, I guess, Something new that I'm coming out with in my book is I talk about how um, I do believe that my father sexually abused me as a child. Some of these trauma triggers point to that. And, and you know, that's, and that's another important aspect when, when it comes to trauma and spirituality and things like that. Once you start to turn inwards and look at yourself, that has done a lot of good things for me, um, looking at how these things have affected my life. You know, I have a hard time with being controlled, control and manipulation. And, and, and that can be difficult when it comes to interpersonal relationships, you know, because there's always going to be some level of control and manipulation at play. Um, it's just part of a relationship dynamic, you know, an example was, you know, a few months back, my, you know, my brother was upset at me because, you know, I was missing out on my little nephew's birthday party. And, you know, he was guilt tripping me a little bit and guilt tripping is a form of manipulation. And so I was getting triggered by that a little bit. And so, but because I understood it and I understand my triggers so well, you know, I was able to handle it, but it's, it's that kind of effect that it has, and it has massive and ripple effects through, through a lot of different things throughout one's life. Everyone goes through pain in their life. How do you feel you've been able to heal from pain, from the past pain of your life? I think just talking about it, really. I, I feel like that, to me, has been helpful by talking, by being connected to other people who have been exposed to things. I'm sorry, your story to me, it, I love advocacy. I mean, I'm an attorney, so I'm all about advocacy. 
but speaking out and being able to represent a unique perspective is what I feel your, your strength is. You have so much to offer from so many various aspects of your life in terms of perspective, point of view and life experience. You can, you can really have a, a big microphone, so to speak, and, and have meaning and impact with what you have to say, not just, you know, oh, well, this is what I experienced when I was a child. Oh yeah, here I am right now. I mean, no, and, that's, and that's, and it's actually, it's interesting you brought that up. I, I am aware of that. And the, the, the truth is that I think that there's so many things that I could that that I can do with it. But you know, the the truth is that I'm not Superman. I can't do everything. So sure. uh, you know, as much as I would like to be Superman, I'm not. And yeah, you know, as, as someone that is still uh, that that is still affected by trauma, you know, and and that's even things that I've had to come to terms with, even with my book. Yes, I would love to do certain things. And, but you know what, like, I, I can't, I still can't compromise myself. I still can't compromise my, my mental health. All of that is still a very important piece for me and myself. And so, you know, I have to do what is best for, for me. So, but you're absolutely correct. You know, there's just so many big time advocacy and issues that I can speak on. It's like a cornucopia. You have every single thing that you could touch on and have resiliency and success as a result afterwards. Of it. But you know what? I was going to say something. You raised a, I circled it on my piece of paper, mental health, because mental health awareness is so pivotal and so important with everything that we're talking about with this. And I'm sure, I, I hope you get enough opportunity to talk about mental health, of what your mental health was like to go through it and heal yourself. And you mentioned counseling and therapy. One of the things I try to say on my show is I would love to have more people come back on here and bring up issues of mental health because everyone in our society and our globe right now has some type of mental health condition. We don't all talk about it, but I mean, life creates mental health issues. So how we cope, how we adjust, you have many, you have many layers of that interwoven, but you're still a human being and you still have had to adjust and you've had to manage and, you know, mental health is such a, it's, it's, it's a component of spirituality too. Is how we take care of ourselves, self-care. What have you found has been a, a positive self-care type thing that you do for yourself on a daily basis? Um, I do a lot of like affirmation um, that's actually integrated into my uh, morning self-care routine. Like I actually do have an actual <laughs> self-care cool. routine. Um, and, you know, just taking time out whenever it needs it. Um, you know, I actually talked about this uh, a few weeks ago with my therapist about, you know, writing and, you know, I, yes, you know, I, I hope to have my book, you know, fully published and launched by November specific date. And I'm just like, I, I, I don't know, like, am, am I pushing myself? Am I, he was just like, just, the 15th maybe. yeah, he's, he's just like, dude, you got to slow down. He was like, who cares if it's comes out in November or February? He was like, who cares? I was just like, you actually have a good point. Um, so he was like, it, it will get done when it gets done. Uh, he was like, why, why are you stressing yourself out so much about this or that? And I'm just like, good question. So um, yeah, just, just take the time when you need it. It's, it's okay to have those times to, you know, literally not do anything. And and I do have those times where, you know, to be honest, I, I really don't do a whole lot. Um, and I, I am blessed in a lot of ways. I am blessed to, you know, also to be able to take advantage of, you know, the, the veteran benefits and things like that. And, 
You did serve, so you deserve those. <laughs> and Absolutely. so, you know, um, so so that does a lot uh, in itself. But, you know, to be able to, and that's what allows me to be able to put more focus on my mental health and self-care routines is, is because of that. But it, it's something that shouldn't be minimized or taken taken for granted. You mentioned relationships earlier about, I mean, control and manipulation, that kind of aspect of, you know, how that, I'm sure that can challenge. You must have a wall up around people until you really get to know them and then you can become more vulnerable emotionally to somebody, right? And I was going to ask, how's your relationship been with your siblings going through all these experiences at this stage of your life now with you becoming a more vocal person? How, how has your um, siblings been? Have they been supportive to participate? They've been supportive. They've been supportive. Um, and, you know, it's it's interesting because of you know I feel like the closer you are um the more scared and vulnerable I'm afraid to be with people if that makes sense of course. Uh, and, and it's almost in a way I'm actually not afraid of complete strangers if that makes any kind of sense um and I think a lot of it is to do with because, you know, of the backgrounds, the history, my father, um, like, you know, the, the, those are deep triggers, uh, betrayal, things like that. Um, and so I have noticed that, you know, I've had to work on my relationships with, you know, my siblings. And I'm not saying that, you know, they're, they're bad because they're good. Um, but you know, there, there's definitely things that, um, have, I've needed to work on and to improve. And, but overall we do have a great relationship. You know, we, we talk, all three of us live in three different cities, so I don't get to see and talk to them as much as I would like. We always come together for the, the big holidays and Thanksgiving and Christmas and, you know, we chat each other, whether it's on Zoom or we all have, um, what is it? What is it called? The uh, the Facebook portal. Oh, yeah. Yeah. We're able to do, you know, like video, yeah. video chats. But yeah, overall, you know, great relationship. But yeah, I wouldn't be lying if I said, oh, yeah, everything's all fine and dandy. No, there, there's been things that I've had to work on. And it stems from, you know, those kinds of relationship dynamics because of that. What do you find for yourself the one thing you're most proud about that you've accomplished in your life that you feel the best about when you think about it and that like you really feel comfortable with about yourself? When it's done, I will say my book. Good. <laughs> so I think to be able to not only be as vulnerable as I am and even on your podcast here, but also the, the writing aspect of it as well. A lot of people don't understand that writing a book, and especially in the way that I'm doing it, um, you know, it, it is a lot of work. Um, and it's also a new skill set. Um, you know, like I told you before we started this uh, show, you know, I went, went out and hired um, an author coach. You just had a synchronicity, by the way, at 555 while you were talking about your new book. I was having to look oh, yeah. up on the screen of the computer. <laughs> it, was five, it just turned 556. But I shared that with you just for the audience sake. I've had experiences in my life where I've had new opportunities 
to be talking about a new opportunity. And when it's 555, it confirms it. It's like an angel number. And as we were just talking about your new book, it was 555. <laughs> so guess what that means? At least that's how I feel. On this show, I can confirm for you that your book will be, be success. The universe is telling you that. <laughs> but um, no, it's um, like I told you before um, we started the show, you know, I went out and hired an author coach while well, I did it for a reason. Um, and, you know, there, there's so much to learn from the whole writing process, the, the, the storytelling process, you know, you're not taught how to write a book in, in, in school or college. And, you know, it, it's totally different from writing a research paper. And, you know, it, it's a totally different mindset and how to go about writing. And so, you know, to be able to do that and to also keep in line with the vulnerability and the story and the messaging and all of that stuff and the message that it brings as well, I'm going to be very, very proud of myself for, for being able to tie all of those things together and, um, and to be able to say, you know what, I did that all by myself. So I'm, I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. For yourself, where do you see yourself in five years? Doing, being, maybe not doing? <laughs> in five years, I hope to have a minimum of two books done, two books out, which one is all obviously on the way. I want to be doing speaking engagements, and I either want to have um, some kind of coaching, consulting uh, group, community, or some kind of uh, physical uh, business. And, and obviously, I want to be able to, to travel more on my terms. So that's where I see myself in five years. I think you have a pretty good eye, accurate picture of your five years. So I, I, I can tell you that. So like you're going to have a lot of that and more. So I, I really am excited uh, about the book coming out. We're running low on time. So I'm going to wrap this up in a minute. But I want to ask you regarding your book that is about to come out. What's been the most rewarding aspect of it that you find from it that's given you like, I'm not going to say closure on the past, but gives you the ability to have the strength of like, kind of look at your life. If you look at your life in a series of chapters, every page is a year of your life, right? That's how I look at my life sometimes. And the tragic stuff from when I was younger or from when you were younger, for example, you can kind of put that in the back of the book, like that's another page. So I guess what I'm trying to ask you is from your experiences, what have you found from doing this particular part of your book, like the soul searching part, the part where you really came up with all these things that you're revealing that's making you vulnerable? What's been the most rewarding aspect of that for you on your path to moving forward in life? Two things, actually. Number one, j just a lot more freedom of not caring about other people's opinion, thoughts and opinion. I, I've even said this to myself, look, I'm about to drop a book where I'm opening about stuff that, you know, quite frankly, I would rather not discuss, but I'm doing it anyway. And so from, from that aspect, it's actually very liberating and freeing, um, you know, from that aspect, why do I give a crap as to what someone else thinks or thinks of me or feels about me? Because it doesn't matter. Go do what I just, what I am doing and then come talk to me and to have that kind of vulnerability. So it's very freeing individually. Uh, and number two is the impact that my book can have on someone. You know, I was in a writing boot camp earlier this year, and 
you know, all of these people had um, every every person at that boot camp had their own inspirational story in their own right. But there's just one young woman. Um, she she had to be in her mid to late twenties, but you know, she wanted to write a book and and talk about her experiences. And you know, she had been through some trauma herself. And you know, her her brother um, at one point tried to kill her and her kids. And uh, she, she's literally in the thick of her trauma. You could see it all over her face. Uh, very emotional, still, still a lot of things that she's working through. And when she started to hear about my story, her jaw literally dropped open. Like I was on a Zoom just like this. And, um, you know, I was able to see her jaw actually physically drop open. And at one point she said, she pointed at me and she was like, I want to be where you're at. And, you know, I want to have the strength that you have. And that's what I hope to accomplish. That's what I want. And that's the kind of impact that I want and that I hope to have is, um, is to have my book help someone else. You know what? <laughs> it will. It'll help a lot of people. I'll say two things while you were talking. I pick up stuff sometimes as people are explaining things. And I wrote down the word life coach. I feel like you're going to do some type of inspirational mentoring, coaching, like you mentioned, but life coach, I feel like you're getting, you're one of these people, you're like a sponge. You want to soak up as much as you can to get those credentials. I feel like you're going to do all that stuff. You're going to study with some amazing people that are going to help you with that part. And I also feel like you're going to come up with your own PTSD kind of program with a, a, a clerical psychologist or one of those kind of, you know, like a, a, a psychiatrist or something. I feel like you'll work with people and you'll input on your own idea of what you think might work better through all the counseling you've gone through and all the life experience. And you'll work with professionals and put together something through your own branding and, and actually like work with a lot of people and helping people. That's going to keep you busy. <laughs> so I could say that what you're doing right now is laying the foundation for all that. That's where I think you'll probably go, go to at some point in the future based on our conversation. I just really things jump off. Like I'm, I'm, I'm thinking like how many labels can I affix to your situation? I got advocacy, mental health awareness, I got spirituality. I got PTSD survivor. I got trauma survivor, life coach, PTSD program, uh, health, <laughs> helping tons of people. Kind of. I, I get a lot and I, I don't know how else to share that, but to say it like that, that's my, and I get the word redemption. See, I'd like to focus more on an interview talking about how you've redeemed yourself, not redeemed yourself, but how you've gotten to where you are and, and, and sharing that message of where you've gone through the dark part of your soul, but you passed through it. It's like, you know, you just went for a walk and you got, I mean, it's a lot that you went through, but I'm saying you, you're the way you are right now, you could show people, yeah, I've been through hell and back based on my life compared to an average person, but you know what? I'm still living. I'm still ticking and I'm still here. If I can be here, guess what? How many of you can still be here? You know, there's a lot of that too. And I, I could see that as, as part of your, as part of your, your future, you know, your current and I, I think the, the future chapters of your life are going to be a lot more pleasant for you. And I think you're going to enjoy what comes ahead for you, including improved relationships and increased trust. And you're going to have people that, that are going to really be in your life that help you in those areas. So you're not going to just be a story that you tell or you go to a conference and event and you speak. You're going to connect deeply with people. And that's what I want as well. You know, over the years, my, my story has gotten, you know, exposure kind of like in the quote unquote true crime world. And mm. That's another aspect of that, too. I want to be able to take control of my narrative, my story. And, you know, there, there, there came a point what the jumping off point for actually me, you know, sitting down and writing my book was, 
you know, I actually filmed um, another true crime documentary that I was a part of. And, you know, I, I didn't like it. I didn't like how I was treated. I didn't like how it, how it came about. Um, I was told one thing, but they did another. And, you know, I, I started to realize that, you know, my, by standing on the sidelines, my story is, is just a piece of content for the content machine known as true crime. And I wanted to change that. I wanted to change. I wanted to take control of that. I love that. <laughs> and, and to really kind of, you know, put it on my shoulders and, you know, kind of going back to my siblings, you know, that's another conversation that we had and, you know, there, there are different points in their life and, you know, they, they, they're fully supportive of what I'm doing. And yeah, that's, that, that was pretty much the, the jumping off part of pushing out my book. Well, I have to tell you something else too. <laughs> Controlling your own narrative is, is being in your own power, right? right? If you start studying these math, I have a lot of really cool manifestation authors come on and uh, like John Astros coming on in a few weeks, but they're all about your mindset. And when you said, I got, what I got from you is control your own narrative. Yep. And that, that's so powerful when you think about, because how many people in their own lives don't do that? How many people let other people control their, their story or their, I mean, there, there's, there's blogs out there that are already about me. Um, and, and people believe that, you know, I'm going to end up just like my father. And, you can and, tell your own story. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And we see where it's going. And I can tell yeah. you, I see you having a lot of elements of spirituality in your future. That's going to be a big part of your story. Like, you know, for me, like my grandfather passed away and it made me intuitive and here I am, but like you have a lot more layers to your story, like a seven layer cake and you're only on the first layer. There's a lot yep. more deeper, richer things to talk about that yep. you're going to be an example of. You live your life example by what you do. I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll give you an example here. There, there's actually one thing that I would like to, to do eventually at some point, you know, you're talking about books and whatnot. I, I would like to create a fictionalized version of my story and I would like to actually put it on film and put it into film. Um, I just know that's a quote unquote serial killer and a serial killer's son who happens to be a combat veteran. Those are two very dynamic characters. And from a creative standpoint, there's so much that you can do with that. And I would like to explore that. So I want to take pieces of my story and I want to actually kind of play around with it. Yeah, I want to see what I can do from that standpoint as well. I have to share this other thing too while we're talking. I'll wrap this up. Your creative flow is what your therapy is too for you. Like the book and the talking about it and coming up with all these messages and learning. You're reinventing yourself in a positive way where you're taking the pain of the past and turning it into so many opportunities, not just for yourself, but for others who hear your message. I applaud you for that Thank because you. you're right. You could sit on the sidelines, right? And you could be like, in reality, you're controlling your own narrative, but you're also doing it in a bold way. And I think that that's the courage part that I respect and admire about you. I love when people come on here and have a story to tell and, and they do it in such a way where like, I'm not backing down. I am who I am. And I'm going to be, I'm going to control that narrative from now yeah. on. And yeah. you know what? You don't need it's beautiful. It's just a beautiful example of what the, the I, last documentary I filmed, like, you know, the producer got all upset because he wasn't getting, you know, the emotional side of me. And he was just like, I got to ask you, he was like, does any of this stuff bother you? I'm just like, well, yeah. I'm like, well, 
I'm sorry, you're not. Does this dude have any empathy or sympathy or understanding yeah, to connect like, to you? Like, what the heck are you talking about? Like, I'm like, do you really want me to? I'm sorry, you're not getting the the crying Todd that's an emotional mess. I'm like, this isn't a TV show for me. Like, this is my life. I was like, you know, so I was like, do you, you want to put somebody in that kind of position? I was like, this isn't like TV for me. I was it's like low like, vibrational energy, in my opinion. Yeah, somebody yeah, who doesn't yeah, grasp the connection. Doesn't grasp the the impact it could have on someone like you and, and, and your courageousness and coming out and being. And you know what else I was thinking too? What about people who have like things that happen to you, like other kids across the world, a country? Where do they where do they turn to for strength? Where do you turn to? Like, is there even an organization or is there even an example of children of of, of homicide that there's? I, I'm sure there's support organizations and stuff like that. But I, I'm just saying, like, there's a whole camaraderie there that you can create through your message to anyone who goes through this too. You have the understanding of what it's like to have one parent kill another and you had the extra example there of your stepmother but in, in a it household is, where there, there's kind of like a small underground um i underground of people uh that i'm supportive measures you know for community yeah. and support because you know we find strength in our support with one another yeah you know and i just i just think there's so many layers of that and and and, and for you that you're gonna you're gonna benefit helping others and you get the sense of enjoyment you get the endorphins from what you do too because you're doing the universe is putting you on the right path that's why it's all going to work out and fall in place is how i see it so i'm excited that you were able to come on our show and share <laughs> the information you shared today before your book's even out and 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 i appreciate that you know you you're well this is my strength you know this is the easy thing for me right like it's like that's why like i'm just like oh man i can't wait to be done writing and and can't wait for the book to actually be done because this is what I'm good at. Kind of like what, what you said, you see me doing podcasts and, and things like that, talking and, and, and interacting. That's, that is my strength. This is, this is easy for me. So. And you know, you're educating people every, every day you do this every day you talk and you're on a podcast and you're sharing your message. You're educating someone in some way you've educated me today in certain layers of information that I, I can appreciate from our, our discussion, your journey, your resiliency, like that inspires me through my daily life. I have things that I go through nothing near what you're, you know, but I, I just get inspiration. It makes me feel special. I can have someone like you on the show to talk about this stuff in my audience, but I know they appreciate it. And so, I mean, you know, there's many layers of gratitude there. <laughs> so uh, one last question for you. If you were a spirit animal, which animal would you be and why? Spirit animal? I can go first if you want. Go ahead. I, I give the same one every show. <laughs> I have two parrots, so I'm real simple. I have two parrots. I grew up with a parrot when I was a kid. So I had three birds my whole life. I like owls a lot. I consider myself all about wanting to be on a quest for wisdom. I like the idea that you can look at things from a 360 point of view, get above things. I feel like as an intuitive psychic, I can get above things, look beyond things. I all like wisdom. So okay. that's my the owl. I'm going to go with eagle, bald eagle. Uh, I think it fits very nicely and it's symbolic because I'm a veteran. Um, I actually have two bald eagles on, as tattoos as part of like my uh, military service tattoos, um, flying, um, being free, being able to travel, do whatever you want, um, you know, and, and they're a symbol of, you know, strength, um, symbol of, of, of freedom and, and things like that. So those are definitely things and qualities that um, I not only see for myself, but I I want as well. And share with our audience where we can find you, uh, contact you. Where would yeah, you, you can uh, follow me on uh, Instagram uh, at Todd Boskowski. 
and Facebook, Todd Boskowski. Um, you could also, um, if you want to get on my email list for my book launch, I will give you the link for it, but uh, it's www.myweightlist.club. So yeah, I'll be able to, I'll make sure that uh, you guys have the link for you guys to click in the description. Excellent. Excellent. I appreciate it. And I, I'll make sure that that's in our program notes as well. I just want to thank Todd for coming on the show today and sharing his personal story of enormous strength and resiliency. I think when you look at everything we were discussing today, I mean, you can't get more open about your story to try to inspire others. There's nothing that's more, that isn't more motivational than about Todd. I feel like he is the quintessential motivational speaker type person, but that's not all he's done. I mean, he survived things, but he's also making something of the situation where he's creating something from like a butterfly coming out of a cocoon. And I feel like the wisdom he's going to teach and impart on each of us in the future is going to be great. Starting with his book. I'm excited to, to have guests like Todd to come on to talk about their upcoming book, My Twin Angels, Turning Tragedy into Triumph, because it shows the depth of what the human soul can endure and the ability to get past and overcome. I think that that is a talent in and of itself. Not everyone has those talent sets. Todd does. I mean, being a, a distinguished veteran, working through and being in life and just and, and surviving PTSD and trauma, but then turning it into something much more. And that's where I see the strength of our episode today is learning that you can go through these horrendous things and it, and, it's, and, it's, and it makes my heart drop when I think about it. My jaw drops when I hear about it. But it's not about that. It's controlling your own narrative, your own story. You could, you could have someone else write your story for you. But spiritually speaking, you can create your own narrative. And there's a lot of ways to do that. And I think Todd's someone we can learn from in many ways. So check out his information. Check out his book, www.myweightlist.club. And check Todd out on Facebook and on um, Instagram. And his information will be in the, sh in the show notes to this episode. If anyone has any questions regarding the show, feel free to reach out to me at info at the letter D, socialpsychicradio.com. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode. Stay positive because when you're positive, anything's possible. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Social Psychic Radio Show. Don't forget to join us for another episode next time. If you enjoyed the show, we'd love for you to subscribe, rate, and give us a review on iTunes. You can also check us out on Facebook, and don't forget to visit the Social Psychic YouTube channel. Until next time, it's a big world out there. Keep an open mind, embrace your paradigms, and know that the universe is always yours to explore. With the Baker's Plus Card, it's easy to get lower than low prices. For the win! Earn fuel points on every purchase and save up to a dollar a gallon at the pump. The Baker's Plus Card. All you do is win. Big, big savings. Sign up now at bakersplus.com and start saving. Baker's. Fresh for everyone. Savings may vary by state. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your favorites with the buy five or more, save a dollar each sale. Simply buy five or more participating items and save a dollar each with your card. Baker's. Fresh for everyone. Ever thought about starting your own podcast? Do you have a business or a message you want to share with the world? Well, now it's easier than ever with Electricast. Hi, I'm Mark Netter. And I'm Peter Ravelson. We're the founders of Electricast Media. Whether you want to start a new podcast or already have one, join Electricast to grow your audience, monetize your content, and build your community. 
With our simple sign-up, you get free promotion, world-class analytics, premium ads, and personal support. Go to electrocast.com and join our community today. Electrocast. Transform your influence. Electrocast. Are you passionate about saving the planet for future generations? Do you want to learn how to do it? If yes, then you need to tune in to the Nature Back podcast. It's a talk show covering the changing world around us. From renewable energy, sustainable agriculture, circular economy, to ESG and social innovation. Don't miss this opportunity to discover how you can join the movement and make a difference. Subscribe to the Nature Back podcast today on your favorite platform and get ready to be amazed. Electric acid.